Hello and welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from D&D Academy. I am Michael and this is Faye, Deadlands, episode number three, The Quick and the Left for Dead. So first off, I have a disclaimer that the audio of this episode is atrocious. I really wish I could tell you... Actually, I really wish I didn't have to say that. But we are recording these Faye games over the internet. We're using Google Hangouts and the Roll20 plugin. And there's a particular setting configuration I need for my computer to make the audio recording work. And I basically forgot to hit a certain button. So it recorded, and the clarity is okay, and the volume is okay. But there's a weird sort of tinny quality. And then most importantly, there's like this crazy echo. And I tried every editing trick that I know, which isn't many, and I couldn't get rid of it. So it's pretty bad. And I really hate that because I have to say that this was one of my favorite games I may have ever played in. And I think there's a couple moments in this game that are just awesome. And we even talked about not putting this out because of the sound quality and just doing a recap episode, which I've had to do a couple times in my other campaign series. But we just felt that the the content in here was worth putting out for the, for the few people that will put up with the sound. And now I feel like I'm overselling this, so I'm sorry if you do listen to it and you disagree. Uh, but there's a couple moments that I think are pretty awesome. And then also, just the way that uh, Porter set up the challenge of the desert was very interesting. And I think from anyone who's listening to this to learn how to play or how to run Faye, you know, not necessarily for the story, but for that aspect that it's probably worth a listen as well. You know, if you find that you can't make it through it, I kind of understand. So there will be two episodes, this one and the next one, that are cut out of the same session. So they both have the same audio quality issues. So if you just find that you can't put up with this, on the following episode, which should be episode five, I will put a recap of everything that happened in three and four. So at least from a story perspective you will be able to keep up with the story and know what's going on. But here is Faye Deadlands, episode number three, The Quick and the Left for Dead. All right, everybody, welcome to our third session of Deadlands Fate. Uh, I'm your GM, Porter, and we're going to go ahead and get this game rolling. So let's go ahead and do a quick introduction on the players and characters. How about Caleb? You go ahead and start us off. All right, I am continuing with Jonah Augustus, the gentleman bounty hunter uh, with the primary trouble of being the city slicker from out east, experiencing the rough and tumble Weird West at its worst. That was a lot of W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Weird West. It was totally intentional. <laughs> awesome. All right, I am playing Sebastian Kane, a silver-tongued rascal uh, who was framed for a job I was involved in, but not to the level that they think. Uh, and because of that, I owe the Wichita witches. And I'm also a gunslinger, so I am faster than the other guy. And uh, I'm Scott. I'm playing Tetabiakte Martin Maldonado de Jesus, the uh, tribalist with Mystic, who is a turtle wanderer. Perfect. All right. So, a uh, quick recap of what happened last time. We were on the train, and you guys fought the the uh, all of the passengers that died from the Apache Raiders rose as uh, as the walking zombies and started tearing apart anyone that hadn't died from the Apache Raiders, and also started attacking you. Uh, You also got uh, ambushed by a Wichita witch on the train, and uh, after an unfortunate explosion in the engine room, the train started coming to a stop, and the group of you uh, who had found, uh, the three of you had found safety on the, the roof of the passenger car, and with the car coming to a stop, you guys had to jump off, and... Um, you roll down the hill, and uh, you guys are uh, generally generally made it through the, the roll down the hill well enough. The train headed off into the distance. You figure it'll probably make it a, a good mile or so before it comes to a stop. And at this point, everyone takes a big, 
deep breath, and we are, and everyone, we are going to refresh here, so any stress that you have goes away. None of you have any consequences, so we're not going to worry, we don't have to worry about those. And any fate points you have, if you are below your refresh level, you fill back up to your refresh level, which for most of you is three, but not all of you. And if you had more than that level, so uh, Scott, I think Martine had uh, ended with four fate points at the end of the, the session, you keep your four, so you keep your extra. Correct me here, was Jonah at three fate points, or had I spent some? I, I don't recall. don't think you spent any, actually. Okay. I know um, I, I think I know Sebastian spent spent some, but I don't think Jonah did. So uh, and looking at our Google Doc, it says current three. So I, yeah, I think that's correct. So you should be at three, uh, so that's above your refresh. Martine is at four because that's above his refresh, and Sebastian resets to his refresh of three. Very good. We'll we'll actually kind of skip a little bit ahead into the in, you know into the day as we as we move on from this. But let's kind of establish the issue. You guys are okay. So here's the here's our map of the area, if you remember. And so you guys were riding along the Dixie Rails, headed uh, east toward Roswell, and where the the point where you jumped off the train is pretty much at that. Not quite at the low that low point there, where the the south bend of the Dixie Rail Line, just a little beyond that. So you're about 60 miles or so directly north of potential Arizona. And about okay. 50 miles out of despair. I'd say I'd say that's about. Uh, it's a, actually it's a little longer than uh, a longer than 50 miles that way. So just just left of the D of the Dixie Rail Line marker there on the map, and so you're, you're an awful lot closer to potential than you are to despair. However, despair is along a rail line, um, and potential is across the, is a, across kind of some wild area, but um, there's also, you know, a lot of really, really rough mountains along the way there between where you were, where you were, uh, mountains and hills of where you were coming from in despair. So you've got It'd be a really long walk to head back to despair on foot. Potential is potentially just a couple of days away if you uh, make it on if you if you head out on foot. Either way, we're, guys, we're not planning to leave on foot, right? We're planning to go back along the rail line and find the abandoned horses of the Braves that were killed and take their horses, so that this doesn't take us two days. We're not fighting against an eternal, sleepless enemy who's, while their, their sprinting speed may be quite a bit slower than ours, their overland speed is going to be greater because they can walk all night. Well, whichever direction you guys choose, you guys have a general issue on your hands of you're in the middle of basically the Arizona desert. This is prayer. This is not, not like Egyptian sand desert, but like scrub prairie desert. And you guys are not prepared for this. You have no equipment, no provisions, and whichever direction you go, there are there are difficulties. So you guys could head northwest northwest to head back to despair. Like Scott said, you guys could head back. Uh, oh, and heading back towards despair would potentially bring you back along the line of where the Apache attackers were. And you might be able to find their horses. Heading east, there's really nothing back east for it a long, long, long ways. That's okay. Except for a train full of the undead. Except yes. for a train full of the undead. So east is just a bad choice any way you go. Yeah, or south, you can get to, poten uh, to potential, and then from there, pretty easy to make it to Tucson and to Tombstone, down on the, uh, the next rail line down south, the Bayou Vermilion line. So what do you guys feel like doing? My vote would be to walk back along the rail, railroad uh, back towards despair. One, because of the potential of finding the horses, and two, I again, I live the saloon life. I am not made for rugged wilderness travel, and uh, I like the idea of having something in front of me that I won't get lost. As long as I follow the railroad the same direction, I eventually will get where I'm going. If I go any other direction, I'm going to be lost in about 15 minutes. <laughs> but, but I do want to take a time out just for a minute. And yeah. Like, okay, I mean, like, in-game. Were those freaking zombies? I mean, have oh, we dealt with oh, the yeah. fact yet that the undead have been... 
That's an excellent point. You guys have not been properly introduced. You could... So, that's a very good point. We have, uh, we have three characters who uh, have... Two of which have had a purely antagonistic relationship up until the, the last, you know, 30 minutes of your life. And another one that you guys don't know at all. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, open up the scene with um, the three of you having just rolled, you know, rolled down the hill... And uh, there you are, the bounty hunter, the convict, and the holy, and the uh, the, the mystic, and scene. So I'm going to look at Jonah, and having spent time with him, I know he has no soul, so I'm not surprised <laughs> that he's unaffected, so I'm going to look at Martine and be like, what's going on? Oh, I, I, I said, um, <clears throat> sweet St. Peter Christopoulos. These beings are clearly not from the uh, Aia world. That they're, they seem to be from the, the spirit world, the ancient world, the Yoanya. Beings from another place that shouldn't belong here. Okay, I'll so many. Jonah go. Okay, what did he say? Uh, I don't know, but it's a hell of a thing. <laughs> yeah. I say I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that it might be some sort of ailment that is allowing these beings to penetrate into our world through the innocent. Perhaps it starts with a cough. And it moves on. I'm quite concerned that much of despair may have fallen as we've been riding along the train. So do we think that these things are going to follow us? I, I don't know. They, they certainly were directed toward violence. I don't know if they can create higher order plans. I would assume that those from the train in front of us would disperse more or less at random. But it could be the case that they're intelligent enough to pursue us along the rail line. Right, I want to take a moment and check my guns just to make sure that they're clear and kind of check our ammunition, ammunition situation. I don't know if that's something that they really care about, but in no. this situation, we probably don't really have a lot of extra ammunition on us. I'm, it's not something I'm going to... Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of tracking ammunition heavily. I can't, uh, it is definitely the kind of thing that uh, once in a while, if it, it creates good fodder for compels... To you know, say, oh, geez, you've been firing a lot. Um, here's a fate point. You're out of you're out of ammo. But not something I really want to try tracking at, at all. It's just okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so unless we're gonna make a dramatic thing about it in the moment, I don't care. All right. Well, in in character, I will be concerned about the number of bolts I have, but not necessarily track them. That is excellent. Okay. Jonah will uh, turn to Martin, look at him, a little bit study in a second. But, well, I reckon uh, you're a holy man there who can hold himself up in battle rather well. Are you uh, a medical practitioner as well? I know a bit of mysticism that could help in weary and injured, yes. Do you require assistance, my son? No, but we're smack in the middle of nowhere, and uh, it might get rough getting back to civilization. Yes, I, I assume that staying together as a group would be to all of our benefit. Well, I sure as hell ain't going anywhere without that fool over there, so I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to look over my shoulder like I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I will find a clod of dust and kick it at you. <laughs> Sweet Saint Decidious, must we be inviting? There are critical issues at stake. Lives are at risk, gentlemen. Yeah, my life's at risk. Well, I suggest we haste to try to find some horses. Uh, the leftover Indian Braves certainly don't have any use of them, now that they're terrorizing the uh, train spoke as the living dead. But we may uh, find them to our advantage. Sound thought. I, uh, I think you noticed, uh, noticed those Braves before most of the rest of us did, right there, Feller? I, I did. I'm familiar with their ways. And I prefer the name Titbyakte to Feller, if you please. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Oh, also, also, as a uh, Caleb, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to compel your city slicker moment here. You don't know the difference between an Apache and a Mayan, so I'm going to offer you a fate point here to horribly insult Martine somehow, based yeah. on racial grounds. Well, I was getting ready to call him Titty Butt because that's what <laughs> he wanted to be called, so that might work. You, you, my friend, are the silver-tongued one here. <laughs> I think you might have enough sense not to horribly insult the native. I will take that fate point. Awesome. I will, uh, Jonah will look at Martin 
Well, I, I reckon you all look pretty much the same, so you must know about them oh. right well, don't you? <laughs> I, I study you through narrow eyes for long, quiet moment before conceding, I've been among many peoples, and the, the Apache are one of them. I am familiar with their ways. They will have a, a camp not too far from where they've attacked. We may find further assistance there. Perhaps several days' ride if we're able to find their horses. Well, those Apache were the first to rise as these undead. How do we know that all the Apache kind aren't infected? Ah, oh, the Apache oh, oh, oh. were not me... the first to arise. Let me tell you about what I saw. There was a coughing soldier who uh, was quickly overcome, uh, the first that he uh, fell over. He, he rose, and then he attacked the Apache, the living Apache that was in front of me, and only due to the attack did the Apache come about. I believe that, that rising from the dead is related to this coughing sickness, this disease that is spreading among our people. And you said you think it affects the innocent? I believe it would affect the innocent and guilty luck. But the innocent are I'm concerned about. Those who have not taken on Christ into their heart as their personal Lord and Savior uh, stand to be damned by this ailment. Uh, I had the water sprinkled on me, so I think I'm good. Good, good, my son. <laughs> That's one less that we have to worry about. Yeah. I'm liking this guy. Jonah, <laughs> Jonah definitely bristles and uh, gets slightly uncomfortable when Martin talks about uh, religion, religion, and specifically the <laughs> Jesus Christ. Excellent. He wouldn't say anything about it, but. You would you would notice him probably turn away a little bit and maybe glare off into the distance. Okay. Do do I notice this? Like, am I perceptive enough to notice? Have I have, have have in our background have I come to realize this before? Like, is it possible that I already know this about you or would have discovered it? You probably would have picked up on it. I don't think our dynamic would have been to the point where I would have discussed it with you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know you probably wouldn't have told me, but I'm just trying to wonder, maybe like in another situation similar. Oh, yeah. I, I, I realize that you bristle a little bit. Okay, then I would, yeah. then I would, I would sort of like say, okay, maybe we should pray. And just sort of like hold out my hands and like, you know, like we, we should pray for guidance here. This is I an excellent idea. Uh, I think it would be... I, I get out my traditional antler headdress. And I believe I begin chanting quite loudly and uh, prancing around in a very careful manner to try to see if I could seek any additional guidance <laughs> mysticism. <sighs> does, does my mysticism, through my careful dance, provide any further details on these walking abominations? <gasps> oh, no, unfortunately not. However... It is the uh, the afternoon, and you know that you have a uh, a hard road ahead of you. Let me let me lay out some of the details about how this uh, travel is going to, to going to, to to work out. So we are going to kind of treat this like like a like a montage in a movie where you know the the, the heroes are trekking through the trekking through the the, the scorching desert. We're actually going to uh, treat the. We're, we're going to try something out tonight. I've, I've taken the. I think it's the bronze rule from Fate, and I have fractaled out the desert as an opposing character of its own. That is going to. We're basically going to treat this travel as an ongoing conflict against the desert. Okay. So here's how this is going to work. There are five phases of each day. Okay. Phase one is morning. Phase two is Evening, phase three. Uh, phase three is evening. Phase four is late night, and phase five is early morning. Okay, so the the uh, the desert has a number of, of uh, aspects that I've got. I put on the board there. It is mercil a mercilessly scorching desert, stark rocky cliffs lining the terrain, lots of scrubby vegetation. And uh, terrible things stalk the night, and also prairie storms. Okay, so these are the kind of the the terrain aspects of the uh, desert. And in each, in every phase, 
uh, you will be, everyone in the party will be targeted by a climate attack, okay? Which will attack each one of you individually as the sun beats down on you. This, this gets particularly fearsome in the midday, or sorry, in the, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, phase two, the midday phase, uh, the peak of day, and gets less so during the night phases, late night, early morning, which is phase four and five. Okay. There is also a um, and every sorry so every one of you gets attacked by that climate attack individually. There is also a hunger and thirst um, effect that only is going to take effect during the phases you uh, are active. You can you need to rest at least two phases per day. There is an overland progress uh, stress track. You guys will make overland progress skill checks using your various uh, skills and approaches that you guys come up with. And as you make progress along the, as you, as you deal stress to this navigation stress track, that represents you moving forward in your destination. It is easiest to make, uh, or rather, it is much harder for you to make progress during the two nighttime phases. But that's when the climate, uh, the climate attacks are weakest. You guys have some some uh, a choice here to make. Um, oh, one last thing. There's also a hunger and thirst factor, which is that it will attempt to create advantage against your party once every phase that you are active. Okay, that is also harder to for you guys to oppose during the nighttime phases because it's hard to find food and water in the dark. So recap: every phase there's a climate attack. Climate is most intense during phase two, least intense during phases four and five. Every, uh, and that attacks each of you individually. Every phase there will be a hunger and thirst to create advantage against the entire party, which you guys can oppose. That is hardest to oppose at night. It's not too hard to oppose during the day. It's still hard because we are in the desert. All right, let's all just get some sleep. We gotta get moving before dawn. Why so early? Because we're in the middle of a desert and we aren't gonna get very far once that blazing sun gets overhead. Nice dissolve. And then there's also a uh, overland progress uh, stress track that you guys make quote unquote attacks against using your various skills in order to try and uh, overcome that. Um, and that is hardest at night. The um, uh, you guys can make the the overland progress rolls. You can uh, work. You can do that with. Uh, teamwork, so that's one roll per for the party, but you guys can team up on it. Same with the hunger and uh, the hunger and thirst resistance, but the same person can't do both. Okay, so for example, Scott might might devote himself to helping drive the group overland by navigating the group. Okay, so he'll make the roll for the overland progress. Uh, Jonah may dis may focus on overcoming the hunger and thirst for the group. And then um, Sebastian decides which one of those he will support with a teamwork bonus. He can't help both of you. Does that kind of make sense, guys? I think so. I think so, yeah. It'll okay. make sense more as we get into it. Sounds good. So we're going to say that it is currently phase three, ev so or evening. So okay. uh, during the evening phase, you guys, as you head out, um, the sun is, we're kind of, it's in that sort of late, you know, early, early evening, twilight kind of phase. You still, have several, you still have a couple hours of light ahead of you. Once we start getting into the, the dark part of the night, that's when we'll move into phase four. So, just to recap, you guys are headed west, back towards despair, following the trail, or following the tracks. Yeah, the tracks. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I would just look back if, if to despair because we assumed that the town has been taken over. I suggest heading back far enough along the track that we put a good time in trying to find the horses or braves or uh, water skins they may have dropped, anything along those lines. And then from that point, we can choose where we want to go from there. Jonah will go along with that because it sounds good. <laughs> uh, he is definitely quite clearly out of his element. He's trying to cover it up and still look 
competence and in charge, but he's very clearly uncomfortable, sweating a lot. He's he's not where he wants to be. All right. So as you guys as you guys head out uh, along the track to head uh, back the way you were coming, the first the first uh, first thing that that's going to happen is the uh, is we're going to uh, go ahead and figure out who is contributing to the navigation uh, or the overland progress and who is contributing to the hunger and thirst. Both of these are going to come at you uh, with a plus three. So navigation again, we're trying to make progress towards our goal. Hunger and thirst, you're trying to prevent the desert from from beating you up. If we're following the tracks, that should, as far as navigation, that shouldn't be an issue. So could we all work together this first time on food and water maybe? Looking well, for drop water skin? Tell you what, I will give the navigation part because I'm looking for tracks of the braves or tracks of the horses and I'm familiar with their methods. I'm going to say also, since you guys choose to follow the tracks, which to be honest, I actually wasn't expecting. Um, since you're going to follow the tracks uh, back toward, back that direction, as long as you're following the tracks, um, I'm going to say that give, you get, um, for the for the next little while, you guys get two free invokes on your overland progress that you can use. Okay, So you choose when to use them, but you can use those to help boost your your overland progress against the, 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 the progress stress track. So we'll keep here. Let me add a thing to keep track of those. When it comes to finding food, at least, I think Jonah would have a good shot at shooting a target if a target would be pointed out to him, if there was anything to shoot. But maybe Martin would be the expert here at finding things. I'm not sure. So um, this is, if you wanted to make use of the... Uh, if you want to make use of the train tracks, you could have one of either Sebastian or Jonah taking care of the navigation part and having, I don't know, there's a couple of ways you guys can tackle this. So I'll, I'll let you figure out which, how, how you want to uh, deal with the desert here. I'd say because the question of whether or not we find the horses is so much more important than the question of whether or not we find food during the first six hours that we've been without the train, that we should put more and better people on the navigation part to start to try to track them down before they completely spread out and are unlocatable versus mm. trying to find good sources of water food now when we may lose the Apache who could accompany us and help us on our way. I'll agree. Well, all I right then. Okay. So is that, am, I, am I to understand that uh, uh, Martine is going to lead the, the Overland Progress effort? Sure. Okay. Yes. All right. And um, who is going to... Is anyone going to resist the hunger and thirst? Uh, can Jonah advantage? Can Jonah resist the hunger by maybe trying to keep an eye out to shoot a, a jackrabbit or something, or even just keeping an eye out for water? We're gonna—it's gonna be a little bit abstract here. Okay. So, but yes, that is, and and all of you, like for example, this is where you start looking at your abilities list and going for this is where you know skilled comes into play, athletic for physical, you know, endurance and things like that. Um, so, uh, and then, um, Martine, I know you also have your mystic. This is our your, your mysticism. This is an area where you can be using mysticism as well to assist making in progress, making your progress and things like that. Okay. Um, and uh, one thing, as we, as we kind of shift from phase to phase, in the same way that in Fate Core, when you're doing a challenge, you can't reuse the exact same skill to two exchanges in a row. In this, you can't reuse the exact same um, attribute and ability combination two exchanges in a row. So just to kind of force some shifting around of how you deal with problems from exchange to exchange. So um, within two back-to-back -back exchanges, you can't reuse the same thing. So you might use mysticism one round, and then you might use you know, skilled or athletics the next round, for example. And then the next round you can come back to that. So each round is several hours. Okay, so um, who is going to do, who is going to, so if uh, um, if Sebastian's going to make the uh, defense roll on the hunger and thirst, um, Jonah, are you, I'm assuming you're assisting navigation then, as to with teamwork? I, I would more than welcome your assistance, young Jonah. Sure, I was an army scout. You were an army scout. 
Okay, so um, and in fact, I would say for the third person, you could either choose to create and try try to create an advantage to assist Scott, or which would require an actively opposed role, or you could just give him a plus one teamwork bonus. I would suggest the plus one. Yeah, teamwork bonus. I'm just uh, lending my eyes to see what I can see. Well, Joe, sorry, Sebastian is going to do the food, the hunger and food role. So uh, Jonah would be the one providing the teamwork bonus. Okay. Now, did you say that what we are experiencing in the desert, it has... Are we treating this as we are overcoming an obstacle against us? It's um, it, because we're... we're that, that, it, these are still an appropriate... Um, instead of them being overcome rolls, where they're being treated as attack rolls against the desert stress track, but um, they are overcome rolls. And any stunts you have that apply to overcome rolls apply in these situations. That's where I was going, because yes. I got those. Yes, you do. So, in that case, Caleb, you might be better off creating an advantage for Scott rather than rather than uh, just giving him a flat plus one, depending on how you want to how you want to spin your action. Um, yes, because I can. Because my stunt says I get a plus two physical activity when I carefully, athletically overcome obstacles. Mm. So how are you carefully, athletically um, going to create an advantage in, to our overland progress? I think there's a total. I think you can totally do it. I'm just what? Do you, how? Do, how? Uh, what is Jonah? What is Jonah doing? Uh, possibly I could display in a rather surprising moment some agility in hopping up a sand dune. Uh, or maybe um, avoiding a, a pit or a... If, if, if it's overcoming an obstacle, the stark rocky cliffs sound like an obstacle to me. There we go. Oh, good point. So along the way, we're going to come up to some of the stark rocky cliffs of the uh, Arizona desert. Um, so go ahead and make a... Um, go ahead and make a uh, create advantage roll. Um, and I will, uh, with your carefully athletic, and this will be opposed with the, um, the with the desert's uh, navigation defense. So I have a net result of one. Okay. And with my stunt, I will roll at a plus four, getting a three. Okay. So you succeed um, with not not a succeed with style, but a regular succeed. So that grants Scott a plus two to your overland. Uh, to your overland progress roll, Scott. So how are you driving the uh, how are you driving the progress forward in this evening in the in the uh, the the twilight evening? Um, and what approach and ability does that result in? Can I put well, it for a second and actually burn a fate point to get me up to a five to get a style out of it? Uh, what what aspect are you invoking to get that? Um, I'm going to invoke the I don't take orders anymore. Okay. And actually, not take over the direction, but bark out a couple good orders. Hey, here's a foothold right here, and here's a here's an easy path we can we can get through these rocky cliffs. So you're drawing on your military on your military days. Yes. Here's a, okay. here's a spot to walk and land and jump off here, kind of thing. That works for me. So that'll turn this into a succeed with style. So Scott has. So you have two. Um, you have two plus twos that you can use here. Do what I should we choose whether I use them before I roll? Nope. You can use them after the roll. So you can use them all at once, or you can spread them out. It's totally up to you guys. Um, Jonah, what should we call this uh, this aspect bonus here? Um, can it be something about how I pointed out the the easy path? Through the rock. We'll call it Easy Path, and we'll give you two free invokes. Oh. Because that's what you that's what you So Scott, um, what is your how are you doing the how are you doing the overland? Well, now, uh, now that I have uh, someone pointing out the easy path for me as we travel down, uh, as I recall, the most recent terrain was narrow cliff-like canyons. Um, mm -hmm on both sides along the train tracks. 
uh, since the, the canyons are not a problem, I, I'm able to get on top of one side and then the other, keeping my eyes peeled for horses. And of course, um, along with being able to see the horses, I can connect with these horses through the the Huyaanya, the, the wilderness world, which I have a strong, deep connection to. So I'm going to attempt to create an advantage of horses through our active navigation. Is that appropriate? Well, so so since you're doing the active uh, navigation role, this is an overcome role, but are you doing it with your mystical? Yes. That, that is totally appropriate, and we're going to drive towards... You're, you're locking on to the... the the recognition of horses in the distance somewhere, and the closer you get, the easier they'll become to find. Okay, so, so I'm not creating an advantage. It's an overcome, and you're and so your it's an overcome role that if you exceed the resistance, it deals stress to the to the desert. So, um, but your overcome, I think you have a stunt for overcoming. Uh, I have a stunt for creating advantages. Oh, which would be like creating an advantage force. Well, I'll overcome our first five hours in the desert and try and create an advantage in our next round when we maybe find the horses. There we go. All right, so go ahead and... Um... and, and I may not uh, do this carefully. I may do this quickly due to my anxiety to find them before they scatter. But okay. I will still be using my... Uh, actually, I may be using careful and skilled. Careful, appropriate careful and skilled instead of careful and mystic? Yes. Because I want to shave, save my careful and mystic invoke for later if we can't use two oh. of them. Um, as long as it's a different combat. Oh, yeah, you need careful mystic. You could do quick mystic. Uh, well, uh, I guess it's kind of skill, ends up being the same, doesn't it? And, and it's, it's a skill, having right. learned to live in the wilderness. That is fine. So, so that, yeah, the desert resists you with a three. I got a plus three on that. Ooh, I'm going to need to use one of our free invokes to okay. roll mine up to a, my terrible roll of one up to a three, and do I succeed on ties? That creates, on a tie, you um, you succeed at a cost, so uh, you could, you would be, we, you could go ahead and we'd mark off a one stress, but you're going to take a stress, in, or, you know, someone in the party will take a stress in exchange, or if you want to spend the second invoke, you can get a plus two, which will actually get you dealing two stress to on our progress. You guys suggest I'm I'm inclined to take the stress on myself. Either that, or it would make it could make sense for Jonah to take the stress, being a city slicker, even though he had his army training to find the easy path for you. Yeah, I, I mean Jonah could have been um, kind of keying into the army training. Oh, walk here, walk there, and then he totally trips and gets a stone in his boot and falls over or something ridiculous. I like the idea that you're so focused on where your feet are going that you walk and bump your head straight into something. <laughs> on those rocky cliffs? Yeah, you're, like, you're looking down you're like, your feet are going right where they need to, but your head is bumped like a rock. Um, I'm down. I'll All right. So Jonah takes one stress. The desert will take... Ow, bitch. So now everyone is going to take a uh, a, a hit from the uh, from climate. So this is at a so everyone needs to make an active resist against a attack of two. So this is this uh, is a this is the heat. This represents the heat of the desert kind of pounding on you as the uh, sun start as the sun starts going down across these couple hours. So it's not too terribly intense. But uh, you can resist in a number of ways, how you want to spin it. But each one of you rolls individually here. I will use my natural native athletic prowess and my habit of being careful how much, with how much time I spend in the sun. Very good. Careful athletics. Four. I'm so You are successful. You take no stress. Okay. Jonah, how are you? How is, uh, how is Jonah dealing with the sun, or with the heat. Maybe Jonah will use some, a skilled, forceful defense okay. to um, kind of grit and bear it and, and force my way through. That works. I, yeah. Um, so that'll be a plus three, giving me a five. You succeed with style, my friend. So you defend with style. Um, Could I say I... This is against um, the stress, or 
This is against this is against the stress. And actually, I just realized I can't remember what happens when. Hold on, two seconds. What happens when you defend with style? Well, I have a cheat sheet here, really fast. Obviously, <laughs> he's so resistant to the heat that it gets colder. <laughs> I think you get a boost. I think you get a boost. Let me just double check here, really fast. Uh, so when you defend, yeah, you get a boost. So not only do you not take any stress, but you get a boost that you can carry into next exchange against climate. Okay. So, um, can I say I found a like a succulent cactus, and I can rip off a piece safely and get some some liquid moisture out of it or something? I'd say since you're, since you're plowing, since your since your description was was a uh, the the forcefully skilled like the plowing forward, I think it's more like part of more like a momentum kind of thing. Okay. But yeah, so you get a plus two on your next heat defense. Okay. Cool. Cool, or climate defense. All right, so um, Michael, how does Sebastian deal with the the heat? I'm thinking to start with that I'm going to go with uh, cleverly athletic and just being really smart smart about my movements, not wasting any energy, trying to you know not talk very much, and just trying to keep myself low energy exposure. He's being smart about it. Right. Awesome. Plus one total. Plus clever and athletic. Looks like it's me a two. Okay, so you tie, so you're you take uh, you are okay. No stress, uh, no stress tops. Okay, so um, that is that is phase two. So that brings us to the uh, as you as you move forward on the um, on the desert, you guys make make some progress, um, and as you get into the area, Scott, as you are. Um, you can you can feel that the horses are in that there is some horse life in the area, but um, it is definitely getting it is about to start getting really dark. So as we move into the dark here, the dark phase of the night, guys, here's what you need to take into account. Number one, you need to rest two phases of the day, whether that's going to be at night or at the you know at at the peak of day, you find somewhere to hunker down and and uh, wait out the beating the beating sun. Uh, during the night, the climate attacks are going to get re much weaker. However, your ability to make progress is going to be resisted by a plus five rather than a plus three. So it's going to be a lot harder to make progress at night, and finding finding food and water is going to be a lot harder at night as well. But it's not nearly as dangerous from a, a climate perspective. So how do you guys want to proceed? The sun is just starting to go down. It's going to start getting cold. Jonah is definitely hesitant to proceed when it is getting dark and cold and windy in the desert. Oh, is the city slicker afraid of the dark? No. But we're in good health now. We, we, we can afford to take risks to make better time. Yeah, this seems like a reasonable time to stop. Build a fire to help give us the aspect against the environment. That's you. You could definitely do a create advantage. So if you guys bed down for the night, um, there won't be. There will just. You're not going to make any navigation uh, progress. You don't need to worry about doing hunger and thirst stuff during these phases. You could spend some. Uh, you, we could uh, spend some time looking for the horses without making any progress forward. So, so, so we can all take a chance to create advantage without having to fight the desert to make progress. Exactly. Yes. And then, but you, there will still be a there will still be a weaker climate attack that happens during both phases of the night. So I'm going to say, if you guys want to spend a little time looking for the horses during this first phase of the night, this is the time you should do that. Well, that, that's certainly my plan. Okay. Um, did, did one of you guys want to make a fire? That seemed like a good idea. So Scott, I'm gonna say you're you're really the only one with the capability of finding the horses right now with your through your mysticism. Uh, so if the others want to kind of set up camp and maybe you go look for the horses and one you know someone someone starts camp and then the third person can choose to either stay with camp or go with Scott. Jonah stays at the camp. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I will go with Titty Butt. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, so uh, uh, so Martin and Sebastian head out into the uh, the, the the falling darkness. Um, Scott, go ahead and make a uh, go ahead and do your 
mystical create advantage in order to see if you can locate the horses. Okay. I get a four. Finding the horses in the dark, resisting with a two. Oh! So, uh, you succeed with style, my friend. Um, walk into those horses. So, <laughs> yes, so Scott, talk, talk, give it. Saddle the back to water. Excellent. <laughs> so, narrate, um, go ahead and narrate the, uh, how, how you, how Martine finds, finds these horses in the, uh, in the, the growing dark. Well, we, we, we get to a, a good clearing where I feel a, a strong connection to the nature world. And then I, I ask my compatriot to uh, pray along with me. And then, of course, there is a number of, uh, some degree of careful chanting around a, a circle of stones. And then the horses find their way to us. Ooh. So, so uh, Martine, you complete your ritual, and you sit down confident in the surety that, that, the, that, a horses, go, that horses will come. Sebastian... The funny little mystic dude does a crazy ritual and then sits down on a rock. If you chant it, they will come. <laughs> with a with a contented look on his face. And after a good 15 minutes of waiting, long enough to be too damn long, you hear steps. And in this time, the night has come. It is dark. The moon is starting to rise. Uh, but you guys have very little light. But coming out of the darkness, you see two large shapes coming toward you. Out of the dark are two horses that do indeed have saddles. And some water. The Yaki deer spirits truly provide for those so, who are loyal. You guys can use... Uh, so let me go ahead and add these. So that you now get uh, two more. Uh, so we're going to give uh, aspect here of... Horses, which is going to count for both supply. Uh, the you can basically use your two your two uh, free invokes from these horses to give you bonuses to either progress, meaning you're using them to make some better time, or to represent uh, or against hung the the uh, to resist the hunger and thirst because you've got some little stores of water in here. So you have two free invokes from horses that you can use in the in the rest of the scene. Cool. All right. So can we? Can we tell if these are actually Apache horses or... They are definitely the Apache horses. So is there any weapons, anything on besides just like water, anything else useful? There, there was a little bit of water. Yeah, that's what we're saying. There's one, there's a, there's a water, there's a, some water on each of them as well. So you, it, it boils down to two free invokes that you can, that you can uh, use in either, either situation. Or either progress or hunger and thirst, either one. Okay. So there's various, uh, we'll say there's just various supplies. There's probably a little bit of jerky, a little bit of water. There's a saddle so you can ride. You know, so these horses are a nice little benefit along the way. All right, so I, I look at uh, Martine and I say that I think, we should, uh, I think we should pray again in thanks for this gift. Excellent. Well then, thought, brother. I think that's a wonderful idea. All right, and then while he's busy chanting, I'm going to jump on one of the horses. <laughs> oh, okay. I think this calls for a compel. Okay. A self-compel, or not a self-compel, but a. Uh, uh, I'm going to compel your uh, your rascal. Uh, that's a fake point, my friend. Sweet. <laughs> I probably shouldn't reward you for screwing over the other players, but this is too funny. <laughs> okay. The horses aren't tethered together, so he can really only make his way off with one, unless he's trying to get the lead of the other and make his way off with both. No, no, no. I'm, I'm fine with you having one. I'm just thinking that this may be my time to get get away from Jonah. Oh, so, hell. <laughs> the details of your guys' relationship were never explained to me. I have no idea that one of you is supposed to be taken prisoner. You can go with the grace of God, my son. <laughs> So Martine, he hops on the horse and uh, runs away. How, do, how, how does Martine react at that moment? That's a strange matter. He must have somewhere to be quite urgently. I presume, I'll, as, as, as a good faithful person, I'll see him back at camp. I finish my prayer and then uh, lead my horse in a, in a more uh, slow ganter back to camp, conserving the horse's energy. Sure. 
So you get back to camp. Jonah, you've been sitting by the fire. So you've been sitting by the fire for like a good couple, a good two hours now. Okay, in the dark, just you and the fire and your rifle. And how well did I even make the fire? Let's let's talk about that. There's there's some flame. You probably sit. You probably have to sit really close to it, but it works. <laughs> um, but as you've been sitting there for two hours, like. There are, there is, you had no idea that the desert could be so loud. There is bugs, and there is, like, little crawly sound. Like, you can, you just hear all kinds of things, and you have no idea what they are, but it's dark, it's starting to get cold, even with your crappy little fire, you're cold, and every, you, you, you swear something is coming at you every couple seconds, there's something that, like, you know... And the mosquitoes, damn, those mosquitoes are awful. So anyway, you've had a really thoroughly miserable last two hours sitting there by yourself. And then, uh, and then uh, Martine comes out of the dark with the horse. So how do you react to the, the footsteps approaching? Shoulder to rifle. I saunter out uh, slowly and deliberately into the light of the fire, leading the horse. Say, ho there. Oh, oh holy man. You gave me a fright. This desert's one hell of a place. Desert's not for... It's not made for, for many types of people. Where's Kane? <laughs> that, that's the question I was going to ask you. I assumed there are my, the loyal, faithful servant of God had just come straight back to the fires. Have you not seen him? I've been here by myself since you both left. What happened? Oh, he, he must be in some sort of danger. I, what he, happened? He left we found horses. His horse. <laughs> uh, we found two horses, and he, he left first, uh, riding at quite a good speed. I had assumed he would have made it back some time. I wonder if uh, the horse threw his shoe or, or perhaps was injured in some way. Maybe the dead took him over. We, we can't let any of these things go to chance. Should we look for him together? That son of a bitch. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah stands up, shaking his rifle, fucking Raider style. Martin <laughs> sits puzzled at this, but does not. Very upset. Listen, listen, friend. Uh, I am. I've. I've got to. I've got to escort Kane back east with me for a legal matter. It's my responsibility. And he just up and left on me. Oh, dear. Oh, I should have known better. This desert just threw me. I couldn't think straight. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. The, the climate does that to many. Uh, do we have any chance of trying to find him in this pitch black, or I, did I just lose my mind? I, I, I believe the more sensible uh, time for search would be the morning. While I am capable of calling horses and the natural creatures to me, you know, calling gentlemen who, who are less than reputable is not within my power. suppose not. Well, listen, friend, if, uh, if we can make it through the night, I would be much obliged for your continued assistance in this matter. You'll have it, and my prayers go for you in your questioning time of faith. Well, maybe we, we don't need to worry about that so much as uh, finding the man that's going to make my paycheck for this year. Oh, I, it's it's complimentary with my services. <laughs> the, the the religious preaching comes at no additional cost. Can I can I pay a bit to uh, remove that from the service plan? Tithing <laughs> <laughs> is a wonderful way to get closer to your connection to the Lord. Friend, there is less of a connection between me and the Lord than there is in this here desert. I'm smack in the middle of this desert. Alright, so I, I assume we while later in the evening. Yeah, alright, so everyone for this fa for phase four of the evening, everyone ta is uh, subjected to a, so this attack is only a plus one, however, it's a result of three. The night starts getting really cold, okay? So um, everyone needs to resist a three attack from the cold in the night. So Sebastian, this, this affects you while you're out on your horse. Wandering in the, hopelessly in the dark. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep warm by uh, being flashily social about my religion. 
I'm going to keep talking <laughs> all night long about, you know, Feather Bear and Mother Goose and, uh, you know, Saint Sebastian until I, I the, the act of speaking warms my body. Awesome. Love it. And I tie, so I believe I take one stress. No, you're uh, for uh, for the this is the this is against the heat attack uh, on a defense tie. You you don't take anything. Normally a defense would get a, a, a tie against a defense would get a a boost to the attacker. I'm not going to do that for this. You just take no stress. Okay. So you're good. Uh, Caleb, how does Caleb get through the night with the uh, mystic preaching at him? Uh, let's see here. Can I do a clever? Skilled approach to maybe shore up the fire a little bit, some rocks. That sounds great. Up the heat kind of thing. That is excellent. All right, I'll be a plus four. Ooh. Uh, only a two result, but I think I can claim my environmental boost here. Uh, your environmental boost? Because I, I got the boost when I... Oh, yeah! Yeah, 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 you got that boost last... Yes, right. you did. I forgot about that. So yeah, you're good. Cumulative plus four with the boost. Yep. So you're good. You okay? And then Sebastian. All right. So I'm thinking that I will quickly and skilled. Being a saloon person, I'm sure I've been around horses, and I basically will just ride my horse fast, you work it up to a lather, and then kind of absorb the heat of the horse. Sounds good. So that gives me a skill quick plus three. I rolled a negative one, so that gives me a two. Okay, so you will take one stress. Okay. All right. So, uh, so uh, through the through the next couple hours of darkness, Sebastian wanders, rides his horse hard, trying really hard to continue the direction you guys were going. Unfortunately, it doesn't go so well, and instead, you end up suddenly up ahead, Sebastian. You see a fire. Well, I'm cold, so that is great. So I will get off my horse uh, as I get kind of close, and I will lead my horse into the fire, seeking the comfort right. of a camp with so strangers. Martine and uh, and Jonah, who is um, who's on watch? Does watch count as running your mouth endlessly? Probably, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. All right. So Martine, you hear you hear footsteps approaching in the darkness. Hmm. I uh. Ready my weapon, but uh, look expectantly. That do, do they sound slow and ponderous? No. Do I, do I hear footsteps or do I hear clip clomps of a horse? You hear both. Ah, leading his horse, not riding. Yes. Um, okay, I, I don't expect the zombies would have horses, and so I expect whoever this is, they're a friend, perhaps a fellow survivor, hopefully with good information. So I, um, while I keep near me, I take any other overt action. Okay. So out of the darkness uh, walks, uh, 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 so uh, Sebastian and his horse come into the light of the fire. Sebastian, you realize that Martine is sitting there. Brother Sebastian, welcome back. I knew that you would find your way to the true path to us again. I'm heartened that you would not leave us in this time of troubles. Please, come to the fire. Oh, wait, wait. You didn't see that? See what? There was a creature coming out of the darkness, and I led it away from you. Oh, praise be unto thee. See, truly, blessings be upon you, my son. Jonah, are you waking up yet? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm going to punch Kane in the face. <laughs> I just, Jonah wakes up, looks at him, and just kind of explodes, shoves himself off the ground, bam! Cold box of gin. Just one motion. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. You son of a bitch! I kind of feel like I deserve it. I kind of feel like you do too. <laughs> Jonah doesn't even say anything. I just, he just punches Kane in the face and goes and sits back down. Just, that's it. Nothing. All right. All so right. You're just fuming with anger. Okay. Right. Well, that is that is awesome because um, I love that you were just talking about leading something away from mm -hmm. leading that creature in the dark away from Scott. Um, 
in the excitement of you getting punched, um, I'm not giving you guys the chance to make a sense roll at all. Out of the darkness from behind a uh, crop of rock above you that you've been kind of set your back to to be a wind, wind guard, dropping right out of the darkness above you is this small, oh, about the size of a... Probably about the size of a uh, large badger or like a wolverine or, you know, Tasmanian devil kind of thing, but much more slender and bipedal. <laughs> think, actually, think monkeyish, like a heavy, heavy set monkey comes dropping out of the dark and lands on Jonah's back. feedback and comments at our website dndacademy.com you can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on itunes if you have a suggestion for a topic we'd love to hear it email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com and you can connect with us on twitter at dnd underscore academy as always thanks for listening and remember if you're having fun you're doing it right